and boom goes the dime. Episode 72 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Jeff! My spirit fingers are going. They're still going. <laughs> right before the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were discussing uh, spirit fingers, and I got to tell you, if you know, this is an audio medium, so you can't even see what's happening, but I promise you, dear listener, the spirit fingers are are in full effect. Uh, You might want to see a doctor about that. (laughs) No, it's actually just because I've been doing yard work with like uh, uh, weed whippers and blowers and things of that nature. So my hands are just still vibrating. I'm like fucking Clay Morrow in like the late seasons of Sons of Anarchy when his hands didn't work anymore. And he was all from the the bike and the arthritis and stuff. So do they call them? I've been watching Sons of Anarchy again. Do they call them weed whippers down in uh, in Georgia? I just, a guy, I worked landscaping with a guy that called him weed whippers, and that's what kind of stuck with me because, when I previously was a weed whacker. Yeah, weed whacker I, is, is the... No, I would say whacker, but then somebody I worked with called it whipper, and it got into my brain and just stayed there. <laughs> I've never heard that, but uh, yeah, weed whackers is the acceptable... Whacker actually is a cooler term, and I should get back to it. I don't really know what happened, yeah. and I'm glad you called me out. This now, is a podcast about growth. Uh, and about learning and about getting better. Now, is it? But isn't the brand name Weed Eater? I don't know about which, brands, which doesn't uh, really seem to make sense because a weed eater would it, it, you you would think that it would like chew it up. All it does is just cut it, so that's not really eating it, is well, it? Well, yeah, I guess eating involves the both the chewing and the swallowing portion, and it doesn't seem to like consume the weed, right? You know, there, there used to be a little shitty hardcore band from suburban Chicago back in the uh, early '90s called Weed Eater. I think I, I had. Say, don't talk about Fallout Boy that way. Yeah, so I have a. Oh, <laughs> oh hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> I was actually thinking Saturday by Fallout Boy would be a fun opening title music for one of our Saturday editions of this oh, podcast. Well, we'll do that next week. So. Yeah. So, Paul, did you watch either Elevation or Dark this week? You know what? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay, I just didn't cool. get to it. Um, I had a lot going on, and all my screen time was taken up by the aforementioned Sons of Anarchy rewatch. And I've been playing Sea of Thieves again, um, a game that I did not like uh, on multiple attempts to play over the last three years the game's been out. And this time it just clicked. Uh, so I've been spending uh, some time playing Sea of Thieves. Uh, so no. I did not. I there there was some stuff that happened. Next week I will be catching at least some of it because Elevation's card next week is real nice looking. Uh so we'll we'll check that out probably. All right. Well with that, we go live to Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida for episode 72 of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right in with the AEW World Title Eliminator match, Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel, accompanied by his creepy brother, Mike. And, Why is uh, so creepy? Like, what's so creepy about Mike? He is just, just, his whole, he just, just his, the vibes? Does he ha- are you saying that the man has scuffed vibes? A little bit, yeah. His, his whole, uh, 
his whole uh what is it the the the, the yoga master vibe just really came off as uh, really creepy, okay. you know yeah like kind of like the jared leto cult era yeah kind of thing okay that, yeah all right so, uh, i get with that uh kenneth omega of course was uh accompanied by don callis on on uh commentary um yes. i i just have my my main overall comment on this match is that it is a beautiful thing when Matt Seidel actually decides to show up for a match. Oh, God, the guy can wrestle. I mean, that's no, no question about it. He is one of the flippiest of boys, and uh, we love it. Yeah, when he's on, he's really on. Like, it really was tough that his first AEW spot was a botch. Like, that's not an easy thing to recover from, but he's been working against it since and has done a great job. This match, uh, you know, AEW loves to have banger openers. I heard people say that this might have been the best opening match they've ever done, which is a really big statement because we talk on this podcast all the time about how good they are at opening matches on this particular yeah, show. Yeah, well, I, I think we had to go back and, and take a look at that. Uh, of course, there's, I, been, there's been some bangers out there, man. But no, this one definitely was a standout match. Uh, Matt Seidel gave Kenny a really good fight. And uh, yeah, satisfying. Satisfying opener to the show. But, of course, it was not to be, and Matt Sadal will not be getting that world title. Some sort shot. of, like, screwed-up fuck finish. Like, if Callus or the Good Brothers tried to get, like, steal a win for Kenny and it backfired and it ended up in, like, some sort of title match for Matt Sadal would have been a really fun diversion, and I think they should have pulled the trigger on that. Well, except later in the show, we're going to see there's going to be more uh, Kenneth Jerome Omega. Uh, to right. Come, like these so. are all long-term storylines, right? Like these are things that, you know, we have a couple months between pay-per-views. We got time. I think like a two or three week arc with Matt Seidel getting a title shot uh, would have been a, a, a nice time. It would have been, but I think there, as we've established, I think there's some other people who are going to be ahead of him in line. So, uh, yeah. So uh, for that matter, anyway, uh, the match itself, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It was the best I've seen Matt Seidel in quite some time. Um, yeah, and, and again, okay. it's amazing what happens when Matt Seidel actually tries. And yeah, he's uh, I mean, he really is a magician out there. We then go backstage where the Dark Order is being interviewed by Alex Marvez. Uh, meanwhile, Adam Page is just kind of skulking in the background and. He's just Pour himself a little drink ski. They're all uh, they're all psyching themselves up for John Silver's uh, TNT title match later in the evening. Uh, they start doing trust falls, and did anyone did you notice how number five did not get? Uh, he, he 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 ate shit on the couch. So you are like a number five truther. I think I, I, you seem to really be keyed in on what's going on with number five here. So I would like you to kind of. Like, build out what you think is going on with number five. Well, I don't know, but I, you know what? Let's revisit this. Uh, let's revisit this point after the uh, a, a, after the the uh, the TNT title match because I'll, okay. I'll, I'll go into it a little bit more there. But interesting, did you, did you notice the 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 painting of Brody Lee? Oh yeah, in the yeah, background. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, it was lovely. Uh, shout out to whoever painted that uh, beautiful little tribute. Uh, you know, this is exciting. Dark Order is exciting. What they've uh, been able to transform Dark Order into, like, as far as fan perception, has been really heartwarming. And I think it's, uh, you know, one of the more positive storylines coming out of just an absolute unabashed tragedy uh, that Dark Order has found a way to to be this now, to be this kind of babyface, 
kind of you know group of people who have coalesced around something to support each other and something that the fans can really get behind. And I think it's really nice. And again, uh, you know, obviously not what we expected and not the reasons we expected, but AEW subverting our expectations as far as these kind of storylines once again. And I think that's nice. Well, I think I think it really is because it was you know the 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 very real tragedy involved. Uh, well, I mean, how, how could you keep them heal? No, no, no. no. The, and at this point, well, you know, I think there probably was a way, but it would take some time off and some all different things. But here's the thing: we want to root for these people in Dark Order, you know, and this is what the fans want. You're not supposed to always, you know, give in to fan service, but this is one time it was very important to do so, and uh, it was just the right move. But it's worked, and it's worked organically. Uh, and it's really nice to see. And a lot of people were looking forward to this match and we'll get to it. Um, speaking of Adam Page, he is in our second match of the evening uh, against uh, Cesar Bononi. Hey, I got his right name right this time. Um, nice. You know what? I got to say, I love the choice of uh, the, the color scheme on Cesar's trunks and knee pads. It, it was. Yeah, it was so it, it was quintessentially so wrestling but yet not wrestling because everybody wants to wear some variation of black in wrestling right yeah and... yeah there was no black it was pink it was white it was blue uh right what am i missing something but that uh, was those no i think, I think that's about it pink white and blue but no great gear great look on cesar bononi cesar bononi uh, uh shares something with one of this podcast's favorite wrestlers ty conti in that um a brazilian super athlete the wwe just could not figure out for god knows why uh, Cesar, uh, was, uh, you know, in the NXT system for a while. And I can't see why you'd miss on someone like Cesar. I gotta say, he really stood out in this match. I think this was a bit of a coming out party for Cesar. Uh, really you know, great it, opponent for Page here. It, a little bit, but at the same time, this was kind of a glorified squash. because uh, it, I mean, it, it did not last very long. Squash, I, uh, it, just a, a short match is not a squash. Cesar Bononi got some real strong offense in, uh, particularly catching Adam Page as he, you know, came out of the ropes on that tope there. Uh, looked great. Uh, yeah, got some stuff in. It wasn't, you know, ever going to be a long match, but I thought it was a really strong showing from a guy that I think uh, has a lot more to do in AEW, and we're going to see a lot more from in the future. Uh, Adam Page does get the win. Uh, with and him. one more thing to circle back on Cesar Bononi. Uh, he appears on AEW Dark pretty regularly in a tag team with Peter Avalon. They call the Pretty Picture. Yes. Uh, in where uh, Cesar toes peter avalon out on a rolling little heart shaped like uh uh like sled situation <laughs> and, and and peter avalon's doing that you know like laying on your side like hand on the side of your head oh yeah this. yeah oh yeah and he's doing that on the heart shaped thing and cesar bononi toes him out of the the tunnel and it's just it's brilliant. It's really great stuff. Uh, pretty Peter Avalon, really good character. Hope we see him more on Wednesdays. Well, it, it kicks the ass out of the librarian Peter Avalon. That's it does sure. beat librarian Peter Avalon by quite a lot. Uh, after that, we get a. I mean, you should still read though. Books are also cool. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 books I, are I, also far, cool, but I mean, also books being rock. like, but but being white and male and overconfident is more valuable than any book you could ever have. And I really appreciate that about his character. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we then go to a pre-tape promo with Lance Archer, where he, he says he looks up to sting, but that's why he has to beat the shit out of him. Yes. You know, it, 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 in typical wrestling fashion, you know? Yeah. So, no, I really like what's going on with Brian cage. Except what does that have to do with Lance Archer? Oh, you said Lance Archer. God damn it. Uh, we'll revisit Brian Cage here shortly, actually. Uh, but 
with that. No, because I just, you know, large men involved in stuff with Sting. You know, I just, I mix it all up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they, they are two quite large men, it turns out. So. They are large dudes with a lot of respect for a legend that still want to beat him up. Exactly. With that, speaking of promos, um, we get a recap of Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker from last week, which still, that match still sends what a match. Down, down my spine. What a match. It's Yeah, it's my front runner for match of the year, and it's going to be real hard to top. Uh, with that, we get a great epilogue to it with a absolute scorcher of a promo from Britt Baker with wow. Shivani. Like, wow. It was... Perfect from beginning to end. One of the best promos ever cut on this television show. I mean, they had to, they had to do this in such a way that Britt doesn't get baby faced out of her performance. No. And it's really hard to do because you can't help, but just enjoy and respect what she's doing right now. But I think they're playing that really well and she particularly has done a really good job keeping her heat by saying things like uh mick foley it took you 20 years to become a hardcore legend whereas i did it overnight <laughs> Which, yeah oh yeah, yeah right. so good yeah no she cut a great promo and you know this is something I, i've really been thinking about with Britt baker really legendary stuff in wrestling whether it's moments wrestlers character storylines what have you you know a promo it can get you so far and a match can get you so far, but the real stuff of legends and wrestling are when the two really come together and you have that one, two punch. I think about uh, Steve Austin at King of the ring uh, mixed with his match with Jake Roberts and the Austin three sixteen promo. Right. Right. Uh, and I think, you know, there's a lot of shades of stuff like that here where not only did you get this great match, you have this incredible follow-up promo. And, like, this is the kind of stuff that really makes people stars in pro wrestling. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say Austin versus Jake Roberts was a great match because I I don't think it was. No, but without the match, you don't get the promo because the promo is about, uh, you know, disrespecting a vanquished foe. Right. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. you have to have had that match and that outcome and that result. And it's kind of the same. And, and, you know, this match mixed with Britt Baker didn't win the match. She didn't win, but she's acting like she won. Yeah, because, well, that's her character. You know, that that, that that, is all that works, which means hopefully that means we're we're, this isn't the end of uh, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. I mean, uh, no, 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 no. This is a this is a thing that is never over, and that's another another great you know mark of a great storyline in wrestling, and like a thing that really stands the test of time is ones that can always be revisited, right? Like there's a a, a Kevin Owens Sami Zayn match at WrestleMania next month, right? Because that's that's a legendary rivalry. It has been in multiple promotions and multiple iterations, and it's some of the best stuff you're ever going to see. <laughs> multiple personas too. Multiple personas as well. Um, and this is something I think you're going to see with Britt and Rosa. We're coming back to it for years to come. After that, we go backstage, and Christian Cage is uh, hanging out with uh, the Varsity Blondes and, and Dante Martin. And then uh, Frankie Kazarian comes along, and somehow this leads to Christian Cage versus Frankie Kazarian for next week. That's a great little tune-up, warm-up debut match. Uh, nice booking. I like it. You got a nice ring vet. They have a little tiny bit of a history, just enough you can get back to. And uh, Frankie will give Christian a nice little tune-up. 
you know, the SCU doesn't have to take one of their tag team losses that, that'll break up the team. Uh, Kaz can just take a singles L, which I fully expect to happen. But it should be a nice little uh, match to get Christian back on television here on AEW. And uh, speaking of the Varsity Blondes and Don- Dante Martin, uh, they are up next against the, deb- the debut as in the in-ring debut as a unit of the Pinnacle as the Pinnacle as FTR and Sean Pinnacle, Spears. Pinnacle, um, no thanks. I'm a Burnett's guy. Uh, okay, that's a joke about extremely cheap vodka. Ah, I see. Okay, well, I, I wouldn't know because I don't drink vodka, cheap or otherwise. So. There was like a, a Pinnacle is a cheap vodka brand that makes like those flavored vodkas that uh, uh, you drink in college, and uh, Burnett's is also a brand that does the same. I see. Uh, I mean, I, I think I drank college, a lot of very cheap vodka in the early to mid two thousands. In college, I think everybody was more focused on uh, Boone's Farm and Mad Dog Boone's, Twenty. Yeah, no. No, Boone's Farm, that's like the not hard liquor side of things, right? Like, yeah, you get two Boone's Farms for $4. Yeah, it's, it's wine. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. wine. It's really yeah. cheap wine. Or like I was, a, there was a, a local store nearby me that would sell to us before we were 21. You could get two 40s of King Cobra for like oh, $2.50 or something. <laughs> They're just drinking King Cobra at like 17 Great stuff. We of course, on, we of course, on boom goes the dynamite. Do not endorse underage drinking. No, you absolutely should not do that unless you have like a really good fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can like really pass. <laughs> uh, is it me or was Sean Spears just a complete goof in this match? Sean Spears is well. I think that's on purpose, Jeff. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that they know what the you know fan perception is on Sean Spears. I don't think Sean Spears is a guy who's out of touch. Uh, he's been a pro wrestler a long time. I think he knows how to check his Twitter. <laughs> um, he, uh, him getting the pin in this match was an absolute abject fuck you to the fans. And oh, I, oh yeah, it was a complete troll. Yeah, I respected it. Honestly, great, good, great. Yeah. The, it only would have been worse if he pinned Griff. Right, yeah. I don't think has Griff taken a, any sort of loss at all. Uh, I mean, yes, MJF loss. beat him one on one. They had that great singles match last year where MJF was grabbing the microphone in the middle of the match. Oh yeah, I, you know, I really good match. One of that. honestly, one of MJF's best best AEW matches. I always forget about that. One. I don't because it was good and it's Griff. Shut up. Um, on that note, is uh, the other Martin brother injured? I uh, maybe I was thinking about that too. That, yeah. Darius has not been around. Dante's been getting the matches. Maybe it's just because Dante, you know, shines in these trios things and they just want to get him some shine hmm. either way. Uh, fun match. Interesting. Fun it, match. It was fun. Afterwards we get a, we get a pinnacle promo in the ring with, with, Tony I gotta Show say running. this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually in defense of the pinnacle promo recently on this podcast, I discussed, you know, like when they came out and did their initial, like who, who we are thing about how, when it's just dudes coming out to talk and that's all they do. Like I'm kind of eh on it. How easy that's remedied for me by presenting it this way. You have a match and then you have an interviewer come out and interview everybody you know, to book or at the end of that match. It all makes more sense to me. Having a little interplay with Tony Schiavone makes the thing more interesting. Tony's great at this role. So utilizing him for these, uh, you know, 
always works out. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, time, time was, I this and, was a good. This was a good enough promo. I thought uh, Dax and Cash were quite good. I mean, time was is that after this match, they would have all gone to you know the podium. The podium, yeah, yeah, or, or you no, know, the, the interview like segment was good, and it did kind of feel like that like '80s TV to me. Like this was a very TV segment, like very vintage TV. I, I thought it was good. Uh, with that, we get a promo from Team Taz where uh, Ricky Sarks has the most fake-looking, shit-eating grin I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and I really liked Lance Archer in this segment too. Yeah, yeah, Lance Archer, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Brian Cage looked a little like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he... oh, this is good. This is working. Uh, you know, some nice little storytelling here. You know, Brian Cage never been like lauded as like the uh, the best actor or promo man around, but oh, no. I think this is great <laughs> utilization for him and some of the most interesting use of Brian Cage as a character. And I think he's found a lot more depth as a character with this storyline than I've ever really seen him in. Maybe short of Lucha Underground, where, you know, being a machine is the deepest you can go. Right. Uh, in, a cage, yeah. in a cage, Jeff. But the Ricky, ca- Here's the thing. Jeff, do you get it, though? His name is Cage, and he was in a cage. Right. Do you get it? I, oh, I get it. Lucha Underground is subtle. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that... It's all about subtext. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that fake smile from Ricky Starks, though. <laughs> just like the... Ricky's great. Just like that, that, yeah, fuck you, you know? Absolutely. Uh, we then go to a promo with QT Marshall where he is just absolutely sick and tired of being second banana to Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I don't care. He's still like... He's like fifth banana. He's not second banana-ish. <laughs> He's like the last banana. He's like starting to get spots and you're just going to like maybe make a banana bread with him if you don't forget to and throw him out anyway. <laughs> that might be one of the greatest analogies you've ever done on this on this show. And God damn it, now I want some banana bread. Oh, delicious. <laughs> I made some recently. That's what kind of was on uh, my Oh, yeah. Just, you just get, you get, so some wal- get some walnuts in there too. Mm-hmm. Just so pleasant. Unlike you too. <laughs> maybe maybe if you're if you're feeling you know a little frisky you can throw some mini chocolate chips in the mix too Ooh, and... oh now we're talking about you gotta make sure you get a little i get a little vanilla in the mix just a couple little drops of oh nice yeah vanilla. oh yeah but beyond um, oh, 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 peel can go nice in there sometimes a little orange zest so uh anyway there's a recurring theme that's going to come up now uh but we'll talk about that after this next match in which executive vice presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and Brandon Cutler up against Penta El Cerro Miedo, Ray Phoenix, E, the Rado Kid, because apparently Pac is injured in some yes, way. Pac, some, yeah, a lot of injuries lately. We're going to talk more about injuries later on in this show, but uh, so, there have been some hurt folks in all elite wrestling as of late. They grabbed, they grabbed them some Laredo Kid and... Gotta love being able to just reach right through the forbidden door anytime you need a tag team partner, Jeff. Well, I don't know if this is a forbidden door because they've already they've already been working with Triple A. Right, but so, I, I yeah. would still consider that forbidden door. I think it's all forbidden door. I think that was like the like they were okay, okay, forbidden window. Like forbidden storm door. Like they opened the screen door <laughs> at least. Like forbid forbidden back door. The, the sledding, uh, like, how about the sledding? Forbidden, like that one door in the basement that you don't really use a whole lot because you, like, you have like a maybe like a cabinet in front of it, but like you can slide it a little bit and just kind of get in. <laughs> right. 
Uh, can I say uh, the Luchadors were on point with their fashion? Oh. I love Laredo Kid's mask. Uh, the mask is great. Uh, the look is great. The wrestling is great. Uh, yeah, this was just, this was, I mean, yeah, we, it's we know such that a he, to get Laredo on our TV on, on this show, man. He's so good. I mean, we've all talked about how you've seen one Young Bucks match. You've seen them all, but this just worked out with, you yeah, know. That's it, what makes them such great, te- like, partners for these type of matches. Like, that's what, like, this is the maximum Young Bucks value is when they give guys like Death Triangle these type of matches. Right, and the fact that Laredo Kid, um, he showed out in this match. It was Ooh, it was absolutely. amazing, and it actually got the win too over Brandon Cutler. Um, yes. God, yeah, yeah that's that Spanish fly for the finish was too. Yeah, that was just a hell of a match, man. Yeah, this was super fun. Uh, uh, you know, really great replacement, as we said with Pack. Hopefully, Pack's back soon. We love Death Triangle. Uh, we don't want to see them, you know, down a man, but they've been down a man a lot lately. It's like one corner of that triangle's been hurt for for like a while, yeah, or, or or missing, know, stuck, or, or missing, yeah, or stuck matter. in Northern England, <laughs> stuck in Newcastle. Newcastle. But uh yeah, God. You know, if we need to have a, a fill in for for pack, yeah, Laredo Kid was the right way to go. Absolutely. Um well. after the match, Kenny Omega comes out, attacks Laredo Kid, you know, because he's still up, upset about, you know, you know, having to to wrestle in triple A back at Triple Mania. And then um he then cuts a, a promo against the Young Bucks. Where he he's like, this is who you ch- you chose, Brandon Cutler over me, you know. How dare you? Uh, I just want to bring up th- this little point: like being friends or associates with anybody of the elite have has to mean you have to deal with just an insufferable fucking prick at all times. Yeah, like. um, yeah, the young buck's dad, right? <laughs> or, or or Kenny or Cody or you know. Or indeed the uh, Young yeah. Bucks. I mean, wasn't that the whole, that was the whole thing with Adam Page's beef, wasn't it? Hey, they say, you know, there's all that whole thing about the company you keep, Jeff. Uh, right. Although Brandon Cutler does seem like way too nice to be hanging out with these guys. Well, I think they were like childhood friends. So, you know, you, yeah, you yeah. Tend it's to, crazy. You know, he's you... just like, yeah, he's like the nice guy in like a group of pricks. Like there's always the one like kind of soft-spoken, like regular dude. And it seems like it might be Cutler. Although my Cutler might be like a secret psycho. I hear he's a really bad Among Us player. <laughs> Although, you know what? I, I wouldn't know. He's, he's probably more genuine because, like, to be good at Among Us, you need to be, like, a, like good at bullshitting. Oh, is that right? I, right I know, yeah. I've never like, played Among Us, so. Yeah, it's, like, one of those, like, secret killer games where, like, uh, uh, you can, like, you know, a couple people are, like, selected as, like, the killers, and then they, like, go around trying to kill the other players, and then uh, you got to, like, catch them. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh but long story short, uh, Kenny Omega demands a two sweet out of out of the Bucks, and th- th- they they don't go for it. They're, they're they not... ceased and they desisted, Jeff. Yeah, they ceased and desisted. That's right. Well, they Kenny Omega, they... Kenny Omega has a little breakdown, saying it's over, we're done, you're out of the elite, and then the Lucha Bros do the biggest babyface move ever and just super kick the fuck out of Kenny Omega just to say, shut the fuck up, you goddamn geek. And this is why Kenny Omega's current uh, character is so successful. And this is why he's so good at what he's doing right now. Um, Because he makes moments like this incredibly satisfying. 
Like this was one of my favorite super kicks I've seen in months. And it's because Kenny Omega is so annoying. Right. <laughs> it's great. It's he, great. And all respect to Kenny Omega for knowing exactly what buttons to press. So when these moments come up, they're just this good. And, and, and as we know, you know, both Penta Saramiedo and Ray Phoenix have a very long history of showing absolutely no respect to Kenny Omega whatsoever. Yeah, and I mean, not respecting Kenny Omega is one of Pentagon's best character traits. Indeed. <laughs> like, his disrespect for Kenny Omega runs deep. It goes as far back as All In. And uh, it's oh, awesome. Oh, beyond that? No, before that, because yeah. uh, uh, in uh, PWG. True. Because True. I mean, at one point he actually he stopped a match and swore at him in Spanish. You know? mm, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Penta is just the best man. This and another one of these feuds that's never over. Penta and Kenny, you could always come back to this well, right? Like you could do it next week, next month, next year, in five years, and it's always going to bang. Yeah, they're always that's a forever feud. Um, Love it. Yeah, the the Lucha Bros got yeah Lucha Brothers got the biggest pop out of me, even more than the the Brit promo for this because you know it was like one of those big audible like woo hell yeah yeah so Get and, his then, ass. and then the Good Brothers come out uh, to 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 help out uh, about Kenny Omega. Hey, you notice uh, Good Brothers are missing something that we just forgot to talk about last week. What's that? Uh the 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 Impact uh, World Tag Team Titles. Yeah, they had them the one time, and they didn't have them the other time. Forbidden door is open. You can keep your belts. You can not keep your belts. It's up to you. Whatever. Well, yeah, Sometimes you uh, leave them on the other side of the door. Uh, there's like a there's like a forbidden foyer, and they have like a forbidden like uh, it's like a coat rack, but it's for belts. Uh, you got a forbidden. You can put your forbidden umbrellas. You know, in like the little there's like a little receptacle for those. Uh, forbidden hat rack. You got a lot of hats out there. Right. They're very forbidden. But you know the real reason, of course. Wipe is... your feet on the forbidden mat. That's right. Yeah, don't and take your shoes off in the forbidden. Take off foyer. your forbidden shoes. Uh, the, the shoes are definitely forbidden on my on Very my carpet. Uh, no, the the real reason, of course, is that uh, Finn Juice, uh, Juice Robinson, and David Finley uh, beat the Good Brothers at that uh, sacrifice event. They certainly did. And they didn't really discuss. Did, did you? Did they talk about it much on commentary? I don't remember hearing them bring it up. Uh, did they? I don't think so, which is interesting because usually I honestly don't know. Ross especially is good at filling this kind of stuff in. I didn't hear it, so I don't think so. But like, and I'll say this: like for Jr., he's really good at um, like teeing up Excalibur for like exposition, where he'll go, eh, "And can someone explain this to me?" Or like, uh, you know, what's going on here and stuff like that. Like giving the opportunity for Excalibur to fill stuff in, like for things that happened uh, on other shows. Yeah. So it, it was, uh, yeah, so there's that. And uh, as we know now, uh, next week, we're going to have a six a, a trios match. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows against Pentacero Miedo, Rey Phoenix, E. Laredo Kid. So Love it. Love it. This is going to be great. Uh, we then get a promo from Jade Cargill. And uh, yeah, <laughs> what can you say about Jade Cargill that hasn't already been said? I can try to say some things about Jade Cargill. One. Don't get horny uh, on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Would not be the first time and it won't be the last. It probably no, not. <laughs> Jade has so much going on. I do think we should get Jade a manager or a mouthpiece or some kind of both or something. And this is not a knock on Jade Cargill as a promo. I think there's a lot there. And I think we saw 
like the uh, the foundation of someone who's going to be really, really good at even the promo stuff, too. She's just very inexperienced, right? She just doesn't have – and, like, you can tell, like, this is one of her first, like, opportunities, like, where it's just her staring directly at the camera cutting this promo. And there was a lot of intensity there. Uh, there was a lot of passion behind it. She, like, there was a lot of effort, and I really respected that. You know, the polished stuff isn't there yet. She just isn't – uh, you know, accustomed to to doing this stuff yet. And I think in the meantime, she'd benefit really strongly from a mouthpiece so she can just go out there and kick people's asses. And again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. This is the Brock Lesnar br- blueprint. I think you can just lift exactly the Brock Lesnar plan, like get her a great manager and have her just beat the shit out of people for a few years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She, she might benefit from you're right. She would benefit from a manager. I, I don't Yeah, disagree. And I think that the time and the times that you get her talking, you can do it in those kind of sit down interview type of things with people like Shivani guiding the conversations. You can edit them, you know, properly the same way that they've done with Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's like best, you know, uh, promo and speaking segments like in his WWE run have always been like pre-taped kind of like sit down interview type stuff where you can kind of get the most out of him that way. And I think the same will be true with Jade for a while. But I I do think Jade's going to get the promo stuff. She looks like someone who's going to get the hang of it. Yeah, um, I mean, it, wrestling's it, it, already coming to her pretty naturally. She's taking this shit like a fish to water. No, that's true. And yeah, I mean, so far she's only had two matches, and she's looked fantastic in both of them. Absolutely, yeah. Far. There's um, this is a big score for AEW. They, you know, one of the big criticisms is like, how do you get like really big stars and people you can turn into mainstream stars the way WWE has for decades? Jade Cargill is. I think the one man, like, I think this is the, the one person I can really single out on, on the AEW roster that could transcend wrestling audiences thus far. Uh, on a quasi related note to transcending wrestling audiences, uh, we get an ad for a new reality show starring Cody and Brandy Rhodes. And can I just Rhodes say to the top baby, can, can I just say, I will not be watching this. Well, that makes one of us. Okay, well, there you I'll go. I'll probably try to watch it. Maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll mess around with it on Twitch or something. That might be fun. Um, I'm interested to see like how it's produced as opposed to like other reality shows of this nature. You know, things like Ms. and Mrs. and Total Divas, and you know, other you know, couple the Kardashians. Obviously, is the blueprint for all of these. But uh, okay, I so, will at least watch the early ones. So explain something to me, if you could. Try what the fuck is a Chrisley? Because I always see like oh, comments about Chrisley. During Raw, um, what, what is, is a fucking Chrisley? Okay, he is a a man, a, a mall owner from Texas. He's a mall magnet uh, uh, who got a reality show about his family and does not pay his taxes. Oh, great. <laughs> those are, those are all the things I know about Todd Chrisley and the Chrisley gang. There's some sort of weird Christians. Uh, uh, they they appear to really enjoy like cosmetic facial alteration type surgery things. Uh, that's all I got for you. So why, why do they keep bringing it up during raw? Because that, I think their show is on after raw. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Either a a little, a little or after sometime around Monday night raw, that show is on. I do remember at one point, like they were guests on raw or they were like sitting side, they were sitting ringside or they cut a promo. They did some bullshit, you know, USA network family. Although I will like, I cannot believe 
that the cast of Burn Notice never did a, a USA or a WWE like uh, uh, turn. Bruce Campbell, could you imagine Bruce Campbell cutting a wrestling promo? Oh God, he'd be like one of the biggest naturals he'd be at it. So good. He'd be so good at it. And you could have Jeffrey Donovan play like some goofy ass character with a bad accent. It would fit right into WWE. Did you see did you see the season of Fargo where Bruce Campbell played Ronald Reagan? No, I didn't see any of that. And I heard Donovan was great on that season too. Was he in that season? Donovan was in either that season or a different season. Donovan was on Fargo. Uh I I, I you know, I didn't watch Burno, so I don't I wouldn't maybe wouldn't know Donovan. Maybe you wouldn't know. He's the guy from Burn Notice, and he I heard he was very good on Fargo. Um, hmm. Donovan and Bruce Campbell have a very funny relationship, and they've, like, Bruce has talked about um, his, like, friendship, like, because Donovan's kind of a Mr. Serious actor guy. Um, right. And, and Bruce Campbell is very much not a Mr. Serious actor <laughs> no, guy. No, no, no. Bruce is, like, the opposite of Mr. Serious actor, which is what makes him such a great actor. Um, but, like, hearing about, like, their, like, kind of relationship of opposites is very fun. You know, I, this is all making me want to go back and rewatch uh, Briscoe County Jr. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, continuing on, uh, we then get a, uh, a pre-tape promo with uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston has a cast on his foot. So, uh, yeah. So uh, they, I mean, a whole they, chair, like, crushed onto his leg. So that's, you know, that, that hurts from what I hear. So that, they're all that both... Marks a little bit. They're all both talking some shit. Eddie Kingston... Now, mind you, point very pointedly, it was Eddie Kingston who said this, saying that it, this is not New Japan. This is not six years ago. Yeah. Which, oh yeah. But again, very pointedly being said by Eddie Kingston because, of course, Mox has a New Japan title, so he sure can't re- he can't really talk shit about New Japan right now. An active champion. Yes. And a great you know, one. Was, and, uh, and a great this one. Was a great that promo. I, it just you know much like the last time they you know cut one of these promos. It was great. It was super entertaining. My one question, what, where were they? What room are they in? It was like some sort of like weird modular structure that had like a, it had like a, a, a car radio head unit built into the wall next to Mox. It was like a big RV looking, like, I don't know if it was like a, tra- what was it? I don't know. Maybe one of the Jaguar, maybe one of the Jaguar's personal dressing room. Yeah, something know. like that. It was a. I just couldn't get a read. Like it was like the 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 walls were like very like modular like panel walls. It looked like the inside of like a really really big RV, but it couldn't have been an RV. Maybe like some sort of like celebrity trailer type. I don't know. Yeah, who who, who could? I, I I think it's probably somewhere in Daly's. Place, I just couldn't right? get over. I didn't figure out what kind of structure it was. I just <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> what type of structure it was in. Despite it being a really good promo, it's like where are they? Yeah, well, Eddie Kingston no-selling New Japan is kind of funny. But, you know, ironically, I also think, hope at some point we're going to get Eddie Kingston in New Japan, too. So, because I, I think... Don't count it out, man. Forbidden door. Our fifth match of the evening, uh, the Beast Nyla Rose against Ty Conti. Holy shit. This match this, is uh, despite, fantastic. Uh, this, despite the main event that we're still going to discuss... And despite the uh, previously uh, discussed uh, six-man tag, this was my favorite match of the night, Jeff. Um, I gotta go with the Lucha Bros and, and Laredo Kid match. I get it. You're right either this, way, but this but... one really did it for me. And I think especially what did it for me were the consequences and implications of the result. Yes, uh, the result being Ty Conti getting a shock win over 
over the native beast Nyla Rose. Yeah, I can't can't really state enough how big of a win this is for Ty Conte. One of the most impactful singles match wins we've seen in a while that wasn't explicitly for a championship. Right. Uh, this is like one that firmly plants Ty Conte into the women's main event scene. She's here now. This is it. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And it, it, it was, I mean, I, I wonder, though, if this would have been Anna Jay had she not fucked her shoulder up. It could have. It would have. It's fine with either one. They're both great, and they both deserve it. I think Ty Conti, despite, I don't want to call Ty Conti inexperienced. I mean, she's worked for the two biggest wrestling promotions in North America. I don't say wouldn't say she's inexperienced, but she is, like, on the, uh, the early side of her career. And there, she's got a long way ahead of her, but she's just so good for her level of experience. It's really remarkable. Yeah. Not just at the wrestling stuff and not just at the judo stuff and the martial arts stuff, but like the the acting, the selling, the psychology. She's way ahead of her years of training, I think. Like the facial expression stuff, um, you know, the, the little things that she does, you don't see a lot out of someone that's only been wrestling for a handful of years. Yeah, and, and when she emotes, it seems na- it looks natural when she it emotes. It really too. does. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's really hard to overstate like <laughs> what a star Ty Conti could be. Um, afterwards, Nella Rose begins a beatdown on Ty Conti, which brings out Hikaru Shida to make the save. But then, which, before we get to that, Shida fucking unloaded that kendo stick on Nyla. <laughs> yeah, she did. He wound up and blasted her, dude. <laughs> Uh, which then brings out Matt Hardy. Like sometimes, going, no, you see, like you see those kendo stick shots. They're like you can tell they kind of pull them back a little bit. You oh, know, like yeah. they kind of swing it back. Like he goes, you know, kind of tentative. Hikaru Shida was not tentative in the least on this. She's just fucking. Ra- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really fun to see those like super kendo stick shots. Just really lay them in. Uh, in in any event, uh, this also brings out Matt Hardy Gun and uh, well, don't they have a name now? According to Excalibur, uh, HFO Hardy Family Office. Okay, all right, Hardy Family the Hardy Office. Hardy Family Office. All right, and uh, they bring out which brings out you know Allie the Bunny and Matt Hardy saying that the the women's eliminator tournament w- was was a sham and a phony because because the bunny wasn't part of it, and I'm just like. When that was point. the last time that the bunny actually fucking wrestled? Yeah, but it's the bunny, so he's got a point. I mean, Allie does rock, so... Yeah, but when was the last time she actually wrestled? Uh, it's been it, a while. It was before Butcher and Blade showed up. Uh, the the tag team run with Brandy. The women's oh, tag team. Ter- I forgot about that. And I, I think she that. may have had some AEW dark stuff after that, but not much. Okay, you know what? I stand corrected. I forgot about completely forgot about the women's tag tournament. But the women, but no, that was months ago. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, it's just been. Yeah, she hasn't been in the ring in months, as as far yeah, as yeah, it's I been know. a while. So, but hey, it's good heel stuff to uh, to do it this way. Yeah. I like it. So, uh, but it sets up it sets up what I think is going to be a very fun match next week. What it is that Nyla and Bunny against? Ty Conti and Hikaru Shida. Correct. Hmm. So are they I moving mean, Ty away from the Dark Order? I don't think so. Dark Order, another big part of this. Dark Order came out at the beginning of this match and showed a little solid. Oh, that's true. That's true. You're right. And then they, they walked away. And then Ty Conti won the match. This is why the implications for this are so big. It's not just Ty Conti getting into the main event scene. And also Ty Conti's record firmly puts her in line for a title shot. And she's wrestling a tag match with the champ as her partner. 
Also, this brings her closer to Dark Order, who showed her solidarity and support in the match that she then won. Yes. This is big shit right here, brother. Correct. All right. Speaking of next week, we we come to find out that uh, between Miro and Kip and Chuck Taylor and and Orange Cassidy, that, uh, yeah, the Arcade Anarchy match will be next week. Arcade Anarchy. And, you know, we've been, okay, we've been shitting on a lot of this storyline stuff a lot throughout most of it. And rightfully so. I think a lot of it's been, you know, kind of you know less than stellar. This is gonna. This is a fun payoff. If this is the finally the payoff, uh, doing some goofy shit like this is fun for me. So I'm into it. Let's go. Uh, on a on a couple of related notes, did you know Orange Cassidy has new theme music? Yes, I do. I'm fully aware of this. Uh, it, this it, has been a hot story. It sadly, sadly, is not Jane by. It's Star not Man. Jane. Uh, obviously, us like many other uh, All Elite Wrestling fans and Orange Cassidy fans have been clamoring uh, since Orange Cassidy arrived in AEW to get Jane by Starship, his beloved independent theme music, uh, to be his theme in AEW. Unfortunately, Tony Khan did address this by saying, you know, he sent emails for like literally 18 months and got no response. So unfortunately, no one was interested in talking to Tony Khan about licensing Jane. But I think the alternative was a very strong choice. Uh, Would you like to drop that one? It is Where Is My Mind by Pixies. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. How, how, oh, I think how, it's great. How, it's can, you, so how can you not like that? It's a classic song from uh, the classic Surfer Rosa album. Yeah, uh, I think and, it has and, the right vibe. And, engineered by the legend Steve Albini. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, yeah, I think, it fits with, I think it fits with the character, um, and I think it's going to be still fun to sing along. I think it's going to get big pops from the crowd. I think, you know, they're they're doing, you know, the right stuff with the right characters, getting them, you know, licensed music. I think, you know, Jungle Boy was huge getting Tarzan Boy. It's just such a just a gigantic difference maker. Um, and I think this will be also a big difference maker in Orange Cassidy's already very popular character. Uh, I mean, let's face it. Licensed music should be the wave of the future if, if, yes, if you can afford it. But I think a healthy blend. I think it's important for wrestlers to get original music when it warrants. Yeah, I, I can see that, but I mean, like when you, when you tie a wrestler to one song, like you know, but like without original music, we wouldn't have like the Jim Johnston era theme songs, which are you know we have some absolutely legendary stuff there. Well, I yeah. think. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, if I'm AEW, Jim Johnston like wants back into wrestling. Just go back up the fucking Brinks truck, man. Go give him whatever he wants. Yeah, seriously. Just have him go make more magic. Like, that's the guy. I mean, he, he's he, the guy. He's always he, been the guy. He, he knew how to make a theme song. I, I'll give him credit. I'll, I mean, I've talked about this before, but I think the best StarCast live event I've ever been to, I've been to uh, two or three StarCasts, and uh, the best one was Jim Johnston's Behind the Themes that he did. It was great. It was an hour and a half of him just talking about his inspiration behind different wrestling themes, and it was so interesting. Um, also coming up, uh, as part of the, the, the next week announcements, did you see that they are going to be running a non-televised house show at yeah, the, Daly's place? The first ever AEW house show. I don't really think you need to be doing this. Like, I don't really think there's a reason for it, but, uh, sure. I guess why, whatever. I mean, at some point, <laughs> be safe. I mean, we know that at some point, you know, the, the tape of that is going to be available. You, know, or, you or think recorded. so? 
You would think so. I mean, I'm guessing that they're going to maybe film Dynamite or, or they're going to film uh, Dark or Dark Elevation or both stuff on it, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe? We'll see. With that, we get a pre-taped Scorpio Sky promo. And uh, I was just, you know, ma- making his intentions known. Yeah, good stuff. We like heel Scorpio. I like the, uh, you know, this isn't a new attitude. It's just what you haven't seen from me because no one's paying attention type angle. Right. Uh, you know, he's a really great, really talented, really handsome wrestler. So, I, uh, you know, the sky is literally the limit. Yeah, you see what I, you see what I did there? I, 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 I got you, man. I got yeah. You. I get you. I get your joke. I get your joke, Paul Sabet. Our main event of the evening, Darby Allen versus Johnny Hungy Silver for the TNT Championship. Uh, now, they make a big deal about Singh being there to watch Darby's back, but the Dark Order never really fucking did anything. Because they're afraid of Sting, bro. Did you see him? He's got the bat and shit. I mean, you know. I think, okay, I will say, if you want to really kayfabe this out, I think this works. Because Dark Order is comprised of all the type of, like, millennial wrestlers who would have been obsessed with Sting and would be afraid of him. Well, maybe not Colt Cabana. Right. Like, okay, Colt is, like, the one exception. But no, because Colt is a guy who, like, you know, has reverence for those type of guys, too, right? right. Like, he's that's kind of a, his thing, too. So I could see all of them being like, no, 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 fuck that, I'm not messing with Sting. But they right. had that one little face-off they had was fun. Now, did you notice in the match, and this this goes back to a previous point, did you notice in the match that um, number five eats shit with a, from a tope from Darby Allen? Yes. So... Gotta take your lumps, man. Why I think is, they like Alan why Angels. Is, why is Alan Angels... Why is number five getting, like... He he, he, he eats shit on a, on a tope. He eats shit on a trust fall because nobody catches him. He gets left off of the, 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 the riding mower. What's, yeah. going, what's so, going on I, here? I mean, you know, it's something worth revisiting. I think they're really good at seeding these type of storylines. And if something does come of all of this, I'll be very happy. Uh, you know, if Alan Angels is the guy to make the first, you know, turn on Dark Order. I think that would be a, a good thing. I think Alan Angels is a really talented solo wrestler, and AEW, I think, is really high on him, so that might have something to do with it. I mean, you remember during lockdown, like, Alan Angels got, like, you know, he, he got, like, actual tangible offense on Kenny Omega in, in a Yeah, no, that match. was a really good match. Like, that early, yeah, it was one of the first early COVID, like, bangers. You're right. So, um, overall, I thought this match was pretty good. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Darby and John Silver, very good dance partners here. They gave each other a, a hell of a match. Yeah, the extracurricular stuff was satisfying, but the in-ring stuff was really great. Darby's tope on Matt Hardy after the match, I think, was one of my favorite spots. Yeah, that, that, actually. Yeah, that, that was good. That was one of, I mean, since we're talking about the overall match, that was one of my favorite spots. Of it was just his absolute darting into Matt Hardy. <laughs> Hang on a second. Uh, now, this is something you asked last week, and I d- we didn't do it. But I'm going to do it now. Okay. I am going to see how many times Darby Allen and John Silver have met with each other in... Ah, in Beyond? In in Beyond, or, or yeah, elsewhere. Because we, I figured they had to have wrestled in Beyond. Yeah. If it was at, other at promotions, maybe. But Beyond, like, for sure. Well, look at a cage matching. Oh, God, Progress ran a show today. Fuck them. Oh, boy. Fuck them. I love times that we just get a shit on indies that we hate. It's one it's of my awesome. favorite parts of this podcast. <laughs> okay, so 
You asked, how many times did uh, have Darby Allen and John Silver ever wrestled each other? Do you want to take a guess? Two. Does that include AEW or outside of AEW? That would be their third. So two others and then this one. Okay, the answer is one. Just this one? Yep. Holy shit, that's really surprising. Darby Allen beat John Silver at Beyond Cold Brew on... On December the 10th, 2017. Okay, so one and then this one. So the two, two total. Yes, so Darby right. Allen has a all-time 2-0 and record against John Silver and have never met in any tag matches. Wow. All right. Johnny's got to get one back, man. Johnny is hungry. He, he's hungry to get a... Uh... This is a really good match. Uh, some unfortunate news about John Silver. He did uh, dislocate his shoulder in this match. Oh, no. Yeah, so oh, four to six weeks. shit. Oh, you didn't see that? No. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, and you could see after the match, he's favoring it. And then you'll notice once the dust up happened, he got out of the way and didn't take any punishment and kind of rolled out of the way. And then they, uh, yeah, they discussed it a little bit later. And yeah, it looks like uh, he got a, he got a shoulder. Oh, the ESPN ticker shoulder in parentheses. Oh, uh, bad, so this is from him. Uh, this is a tweet from John yesterday. Bad news. I'll be out about four to six weeks. Good news. I don't need surgery and there's no major damage. Oh, well, that's a plus, I guess. So we're going to have a month to a month and a half. Dark Order taking some lumps lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, I know, as if Dark Order hasn't faced enough adversity, uh, some of their most popular members are uh, going out down to injury. It's, it's tough. And of course, at the end of the match, uh, you know, we, we mentioned a dust up because uh, you know the the HFO, the Hardy family office, uh, attacks everyone, and the Dark Order has to get involved. Of course, yes, because, yes, they do. Yeah, no, this thing, uh, this is a nice little, uh, nice little kerfuffle at the end of a show. So yeah, so with that, we end episode seventy-two of AEW. Um, again, we we can argue which one was the actual best uh, match of the show, and. It, it, it's between you know the the, the Lucha Bros six man or uh, Ty Conti versus Nyla Rose. Neither, and if, and you know what, if you're, if if the main event was your favorite match, then you're probably valid there too. If the opener, if the Seidel Kenny match was your favorite match, you're you're right about that. There was some really good in ring stuff on this show in a show that I think wasn't super highly anticipated. Uh, you know, we're coming off some some ups and downs, some peaks and valleys with with AEW, uh, an absolute banger of a, of a main event last week in the uh, uh, the street fight. But I think, you know, some people were like, this is gonna, probably going to be a filler episode. And it very much was not. I thought this was a, a really good one. No, it, no, it did not feel like a filler episode whatsoever. I mean, some pieces are getting moved, of course, but, you know, we have. Yeah, but in you know, meaningful we, way. Yeah. But we have, you know, we have two months until double or nothing. So, you know, we have some time to. Phil here, you know, we let have it breathe, some story- baby. Let it breathe, pull it out, play with it a little bit. You're in private, no one can see you. It's just a podcast, oh, there's no camera on you. <laughs> Wait, what? Nothing, Paul. Go ahead and plug yourself. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV and at Twitch, twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves, like I said lately, so I'm thinking about streaming it and uh, letting the chat watch me get absolutely uh. uh annihilated by some like troll pirates that like blow up my boat while I'm just trying to like, 
you know, hunt for gold or go fishing or do something pleasant. Uh, uh, so maybe that, uh, so check out that there. Of course, this podcast can be followed on Twitter at BGTD podcast. That's BGTD, like boom goes the dynamite BGTD podcast. And of course, fake fight, real fight. My other podcast that's been on hiatus, uh, Harry and I have just been in the lab discussing, uh, some, some comeback ideas. So please watch that space at FFRF pod and fake fight, real fight and all major podcast platforms uh harry and i will be back with some stuff uh on that feed real soon uh you can find me at strong style story without the e and style on twitter my personal twitter at gd wessel two s's one l um tomorrow uh i'll be recording but i don't know when i'll be posting uh the next episode of strong style story because we do have soccer genesis coming up and furthermore, I'm going to be a guest on another show on this feed that I usually oh. have no involvement with. I'm going later tonight as I record this. I'm going to be recording with uh, Johnny Sorrow or Johnny Hedgepath, going by his his government name on uh, on that show. And uh, he and, and Travis they do the show Gideon Guys, where they watch uh, the DC Comics uh, superhero show. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. However, the episode we're discussing is not that show. It's an episode of The Flash that ties into a storyline from that. Um, this will be interesting because I don't watch superhero TV shows. Fine. So I, that'll I, be fun. I, I, I now, but I am a big comics nerd, and and, and I know a lot about comics. So yeah, Actually, I, I, uh, that, that's funny you mentioned that because I was going to ask you about Invincible because I'm thinking about watching the show that Invincible is based. Like Invincible, the there's a comic based. Right. It's a comic show. Well, right? yeah, of course, yeah. I, yeah. So I was thinking about asking you. I was going to ask you about that because I think I'm going to watch that one because the cast is really interesting. Um, you know what? I read the first. Uh... I want to say I, I read the first two years of Invincible and it was okay. I liked it. Okay. It didn't grab me anywhere near as much as Robert Kirkman's other book at the time, which of course was The Walking Dead. Right. So, but I mean, it, it's I mean, you, you may find something you like in it. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. Again, go, I love I love it. inspired casting and good casting on animated series, and I think Stephen Yen uh, will will be a good main character for it that. Looks I like him. Like, I mean, it looks good. I'll say yeah, that. it looks really it, interesting, it, it, and it, it it's got good. a huge like cast. Like the cast is really interesting, and there's like a lot of really interesting appearances. So yeah, uh, I mean, yeah the, the, the character modeling does look a lot like the comic book. So okay, from what I remember. So yeah, yeah, go yeah. Let me know how what you think of it. So I might just do that anyway. Uh, get in, guys. Uh, that'll be later this week on the feed. Uh, not sure what day. Possibly Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so that's what I got. So uh, Paul, any last words? Spirit fingers. We'll see you next Saturday. <laughs>